A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. State legislature is back in session. What are they going to get done in agriculture? Are they going to ever have a confirmation hearing for Rod, Randy Romanski to be our agriculture secretary? Is he going to carry the designee tag all the way through? And of course, lots of other issues that the senators have to deal with. And uh, Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And, and Josh, there are a lot of topics we could talk about that we hope they address regarding agriculture, but uh, you talk to the boss. <laughs> yeah, and how much time do we have? Because there is a laundry list of things to get done in the State House in Madison, and Senator Joan Balwig is the new chair of the Senate Ag Committee. I'm Josh Gramlin at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. She takes over the reins from State Senator Howard Markline, and as you said, they just kicked off business in the State House not all too long ago. I had the chance to speak with Senator Balwig about what her priorities are for this upcoming legislative session. Romanski was something that we talked about. We also talk about truth and labeling and just how we maneuver through the COVID-19 pandemic when it comes to Wisconsin agriculture. But before we get to that, I just wanted to know a little bit more about her background and how long she's been in the state house and what exactly her agriculture experience has been thus far. Well, I actually was born and raised in a suburb of, of Milwaukee, but I 
met and married this guy who came from a farm just outside of Madison and um, uh, spent a couple of years teaching, but we always wanted to go into business. And so the business we settled on over a lot of research was uh, farm equipment. And so in 1976, we both abandoned our careers, our young careers, and bought an existing farm equipment dealership in Marquesan. In 98, we actually bought out the neighboring dealership in Waupon, and we've been running that as our main egg location. And in 2008, we um, purchased another dealership in Beaver Dam, which is mostly lawn and garden. But we've been living in Marquesan ever since 1976. Raised all our kids here, uh, had kids who were very active all through their elementary and high school years in 4-H and FFA. And of course, being an equipment dealer means that I come into contact with a lot of farmers every day and have for many, many years. And so I think we've been, I have been quite ingrained in the rural economy and what farmers are talking about for over four decades now. Well, I appreciate the biography. It's just good to get to know you as a person since you're the new chair of the Senate Ag Committee. But even though you're new to the state Senate, you're not new to the state house. Right. So I was uh, in the um, assembly for eight terms, and I actually never was on the Ag Committee, but I was involved in uh, rural and agricultural issues as they as they came through the committee and came through the legislature. And it's always been something that I've been uh, very attuned to. All right, let's dive into the issues. We see the way that the world has been and the effect it's had on agriculture over the past year. So with that being said, what are your priorities as you take the reins on the Ag Committee? Well, I think, first of all, we need to take a look at uh, some of the legislation that was passed through the Assembly and didn't make it to the finish line in the uh, Senate because they didn't get done with um, uh, with their session because of COVID. So I think things that we were all very excited about getting done, uh, there are three bills on truth in labeling, dairy products, milk, and meat, and they all passed the assembly and, and um, moving forward, like to see them get get through just as quickly as possible. Yes, truth and labeling. We hadn't talked about that in a while just because COVID kind of superseded all of that, but that's certainly something that is exciting for so many Wisconsinites and folks in the food chain. What about tackling the stress that so many of our farmers and rural Wisconsinites are under? Uh, There was a a task force that I did in uh, 2019. I led a task force on suicide prevention And one of the bills we're going to be bringing back right away, I'm going to be uh, the co-author of that with uh, Representative Oldenburg, and that is a suicide, a farmer tuition assistance grant came out of our suicide task force. The idea being the more prepared that uh, folks going into agriculture are on the financial end of things, the better they're uh, able to... um, understand those stressors and, and make better decisions. And one of the things I was encouraging DATCAP to do was to have a 24-7 hotline uh, for farmers to reach out for help when it comes to um, behavioral health and those stresses. And they ha- are currently doing a, a pilot project. They have that daytime 
call center with the, the farm center that does great jobs in, in helping everybody in the agriculture community. But the Farmer Wellness Hotline is also now available uh, 24-7. State Senator Joan Balwig of Marcusan is along with us right now. She's the new chair of the Senate Ag Committee at the State House in Madison. Senator, so we've talked about mental health. We've talked about truth and labeling. Those are a couple of your priorities. Remind me, what was some of the other stuff that has just kind of been sitting there? It passed through the Assembly. Now it needs to get to the State Senate. Um, other things that are that were discussed but didn't uh, didn't get all the way through the process is what's going to be happening with uh, farmland preservation grants. Like to see maybe some more of those happening. Representative Oldenburg and Novak and Senator Keston have introduced a reintroduced a bill that is uh, designed to incentivize more participation by reducing reducing the length of farmland presentation grants from 15 to 10 years. Uh, there's a very interesting bill that is uh, getting introduced that would allow farmers to put additives with manure to allow dairy farmers to compost manure to help manage animal waste and then uh, sell that product. So I think that is a great idea. Now, coming up in the in the uh, committee, uh, we hope to schedule something very soon to have an informational session with um, uh, uh, Representative Talkin's Assembly A Committee and invite the deans that are um, uh, working on the Dairy Innovation Hub at UW Madison, Platteville, and River Falls, so that the new members. Um, of the legislature and members of those respective committees can learn more about its progress, what they're doing in those particular uh, campuses, and make sure that the investment in the hub is benefiting the, the dairy industry. And then, of course, another responsibility will be to um, consider the appointments of Randy Robanski as the DATCAP secretary that's kind of a thumbnail of what would be coming through the, the committee uh, early on. It wasn't all too long ago that Governor Evers spoke at the Dairy Strong Conference, which is put on every January by the Dairy Business Association. And he said that some of his priorities were to get more rural Wisconsin residents access to quality broadband and then also to help out our local Wisconsin meat processors. So what are your thoughts on those two issues? Well, they're especially through COVID, we always knew in rural communities that broadband was something that we needed more of, uh, both expansion and speed. And I'm happy that uh, the governor and others have recognized that that is uh, something that's holding back our rural economies. Uh, the, the interesting question with the, um, the small meat processors, uh, those individuals, and I know several of them, you know, because they're, they're in my district. Those processors uh, have, first of all, a workforce problem, you know, getting more people in the door to do that kind of work. And so there is hesitancy among those folks to make a major investment for expansion, uh, depending on what's going to happen in the future, because these larger producers that were uh, shut down during the year they're coming back online. And so is there really going to be the need moving forward uh, for smaller producers 
or, or smaller um, meat markets and so on to make that physical investment. And if they do that, how long will that need be? And second of all, where will where will the workers come to be able to um, uh, do that work? So there is some hesitancy from some folks in um, you know what do we you know what's the best way forward for those individual entrepreneurs and and business owners on um, you know what's the best for them also. That is State Senator Joan Balwig of Marcusan as the new legislative session gets underway at the State House in Madison. She has been named the new chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee. State Senator Howard Markline, who was the former chair of the committee, is now serving as her vice chair. And as you just heard her say, they have quite a number of things to work through in the hopes that this legislation can help out Wisconsin farmers, rural residents, and those in the food supply chain. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreaCrimeStoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ooh, yes. If you have not poked your nose outside just yet, make sure it's covered when you do, because it is a nasty one to start off our day. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Nine above in the garage, about 12 below by the time I got to the office. Yeah, the cold air is out there, Pam. I got a message from a farm friend of mine talking about a cow's tongue being froze to a salt block. <laughs> I I told him how to use his personal warmth to help her out. I don't think that went over. Yeah, well, 
I'm, I'm sure the cow's happy about that, too. But, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is just one of those days uh, it, from inside, it looks just fine out there. You can't uh, notice really much of a wind chill when you look out the window because not much mo- is moving. But, boy, it's still a factor. It is. It's going to be a very, very cold day. Wind chill advisory is in effect for all of us till 10 this morning at La Crosse and Mauston, till 9 a.m. elsewhere. And, I mean, the wind chills this morning still dropping down into that 20 below range, mid-20 belows, if you will. A very, very chilly day. Make sure you're bundled out to spend any time out there walking out to the calf barn or the calf hutches. Make sure you're covered up. Don't go out there with the bare face and the ears and think it's going to be just fine. High pressure's edging in from the west. That is going to assure us of a little more sunshine today once again. But those temperatures way below normal, and they'll stay that way on the way below normal side over the next several days. One small system off to the south may account for a little snow later Thursday or Thursday night. A little dusting of really light, icy, dry snow, a half inch or so might be seen. That's about all, and this just reinforces the cold air right into the weekend. I'll check the forecast right after this. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. You know, I never thought I'd say I was grateful to have to wear a mask, but on a day like this, do having to wear a mask at least protects a little bit more of your skin from this cold. It makes the cheeks feel a bit better, no doubt about it. Uh, we do have some clouds this morning, but more sun will develop and it does stay cold. Single-digit highs today, 8 or 9 degrees about the warm spot here in the southern half of the state. The wind chill values 10 and 20 below, even though the winds are only west, about 5. Overnight, still clear skies. Down below zero, I'd say we're talking about anywhere from uh, 5 to 9 below with winds out of the west at 5. Partly sunny skies on Wednesday, another cold day. Well, it could be almost 9 or 10 above, but the winds northwest will be at 5. And then Thursday, becoming mostly cloudy, a little bit of that light snow develops, Pam. Single-digit highs maybe close to 10 in a few spots. North winds at 5 to 10, and a little reinforcement of the cold then to keep it below normal right into next week. Yay. You know, this is the reason why people think we're nuts when you see joggers out in shorts when it hits about 40 degrees. 
Well, it's a heat wave. Honest to goodness. If we see anything north of zero, I'm going to consider it a heat wave after this. Good enough. Let let us. I made that comment about it being above zero. My wife says, does it really matter? (laughs) Let me know how that cow in Salt Lake turns out, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get a story. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Thanks. See ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, keeping you up to date on the weather details that you most likely don't want to hear about this morning. We've got more coming up. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As a contractor, time is money. At Advanced Concrete, we pride ourselves on excellent service, like being on time with your delivery, having prompt and experienced drivers. We think you'll agree, Advanced Concrete outperforms the other guys. The concrete producing company. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Listen, we've just gotten a taste of what Wisconsin winter is going to be like. Don't tell me you're already having problems with that snowblower. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarlands.net. You can talk and text with the staff if you've got questions, 608 643 3321, I'll tell you, they are ready for you. No matter what brand you've got, Simplicity, Toro, Boss, they want you to have a successful winner. Get that snowblower in now, McFarland's. Since 1995, the Global Positioning System, or GPS, developed by the U.S. military, has been operational for civilian use. Please proceed to the highlight. Today, the men and women of the Air Force Reserve continue their vital mission. Guiding you safely on your way while protecting the freedoms we all enjoy. The United States Air Force Reserve, guiding and protecting America. Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane, or road construction makes everyone stop except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford and Rihala is ready to help you, and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. 
Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even, like Tom Brady was already the goat, and now after last night, I don't even know how to describe it anymore. Like he, he is the goat, like the goat's goat. What Tom Brady? Tom Brady rules. Tom Brady gets it done. Tom Brady beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes this season to get his seventh Super Bowl title. I know you know the defense had a lot to do with it, but at the end of the day, Rowdy, what's the most important position in football? The quarterback. Who plays quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Blaine Gabbert? No, 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 no. Well, no, technically no. he does. <laughs> You're right. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Who, sorry, who starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Tom Brady um, is the first player, and the Buccaneers are the first team ever to beat three Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks in a postseason. Drew Brees and the Saints. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and then we saw it last night, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady is the first player in NFL history with 50 pass touchdowns in a season, including playoffs, for a Super Bowl champion. Tom Brady and the Bucks are the first team with four 30-point games in a postseason. Nelly, when I just give you those three things right there, how can you deny them? Not you, but how can people deny him? How can people honestly sit there with a straight face on Twitter last night watching the same game that I'm watching and say that Patrick Mahomes outplayed Tom Brady? How drunk were you? Were you smoking crack? What were you on to honestly insinuate that Patrick Mahomes outplayed Tom Brady? Rowdy, was I watching a different game than everyone else? Weren't you watching the same game I was watching? Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I think they're just idiots. You look at what Tom Brady did in the playoffs. They scored 31 points against the football team. They scored 30 points against the Saints. They scored 31 points against Green Bay. They scored 31 points against the Chiefs. So, yes. Was his defense pretty good? Oh, yeah. Of course it was. 
They still scored 30-plus points every single playoff game. Yeah. The Packers actually happen to be the highest-scoring offense in the league this year. Correct. Guess what they averaged about? 31 points per game in the regular season. Guess what? The Bucks averaged about 31 points per game when it mattered most in the playoffs. They won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, another like how much Super more, Bowl MVP. How much more consistent could Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense be than 31-30, 31-31? Why is it, Rowdy, why is it that when I go on social media, and now when you're on social media, everyone hates everything, and everyone's talking smack to everyone. But I get it. Listen, I get it. But there's also a lot of lovers and uh, you know people that cheer for you on social media as well. But how come when I go on, like last night, everyone I'm seeing everyone saying they're sick to their stomach about Tom Brady? That they can't believe Tom Brady did it again. And that and then I saw a lot of people saying the NFL is rigged, and uh, all those fouls that were called in what the second quarter should have been. Which so there was a lot of fouls. I think it was a Super Bowl record for uh, flags thrown. But why? Why is it? I'll that tell you. It's why. always rigged, and Tom Brady's a cheater. And all Tom the Brady... people that are upset that Tom Brady won, I'll tell you why. It's because Tom Brady's a winner, and those people's are losers. I think that's perfect. I think you're. I think you're actually spot on right there. Tom Brady is a winner, and they are losers. That's why they hate Tom Brady. I think you just nailed it. I, I think you're 110 percent correct. Well, I know some people that call in that I think are winners, but they don't like Tom Brady. Then the cheating thing come. Then they always bring up the cheating thing. It's cheating this. Okay, how did Tom Brady cheat this year? Then someone explain to me how Tom Brady cheated this year. If he's such a cheater, can you can you explain that one to me, Rowdy? I don't think you can. I think you're spot on for the people that don't like Tom Brady. Do you not like watching greatness? Do you not like watching habitual winners? Do you not like watching a guy at the at the the highest position one so, can be in a football team win? So years ago, watching Tom Brady and the Patriots win a lot of Super Bowls, obviously be in a lot of AFC Championship games, play in a lot of Super Bowls, yeah. win Super Bowls. I was a guy that was cheering against the Patriots. Same, same. So was I. And then when it actually stemmed from Deflate Gate. When it when Deflategate happened and they called him out and he even had to go to court and all that other stuff. Whatever happened? Who, like who even got in trouble for that? Really, nobody, <laughs> except for Tom Brady being what suspended. suspended. But Didn't when like a federal the, when, agent had to pay a hundred dollars for when him? all of that Sorry. came out and the fact that they were going to court over whether his footballs were either deflated or, a little bit under deflated or a little bit overinflated. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Stick with us this morning. John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Catching a little bit of a rally right now, especially in soybeans. New crop beans are up about 12 cents overnight. What's going on there? John will have the latest news for us that's driving our trade when he joins us live in just a little bit. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the ninth day of February. On this day in 1870, the National Weather Service was authorized. President Ulysses S. Grant signed a joint resolution authorizing a National Weather Service, which had been a, a big dream of a Milwaukee scientist named Increase Latham. 
He was a 19th century Wisconsin premier natural scientist, and he's the one that really proposed a National Weather Service. Well, it all came together today on this day back in 1870. National Weather Service came into being. On this day in 1964, the beginning of the British invasion happened. That's when the Beatles started their first tour in the United States. They kicked off their show with Ed Sullivan, and that's when the British invasion truly began on this day in 1964. Happy birthday to Joe Pesci, that uh, kind of gangster-type actor, 78 years old today. And I think that he was voted the sexiest man alive. Michael B. Jordan is 34 years young, and now you know. Well, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm looking forward to a lot of things in the summer of 2021 that we didn't do last year. County fairs, community festivals, and tractor pulls. But wait, how are our tractor pull associations doing? No pulls, no funds. I talked about it yesterday with Greg Elsing. He is the president of the Badger State Tractor Pullers Association. And I asked him when it really hit home that uh, their season was changing in a big way. I think in March last year, you know, we, we had our spring meeting in uh, we we just we had all the contracts like you said in place, and then everybody was worried about what was going on. And we said, well, if it does, if you can't do it in your county, contact us. It cancel it. There's no penalty. Whatever we understand, we'll work with whatever we can do. But if you can't have it, at one point we we had 32 events, and 28 of them had already canceled. You know, but they didn't want us to announce that they were canceled until they knew for sure. Mm-hmm. They told us more likely it wasn't going to happen. We couldn't, you know, so I didn't really mm-hmm. tell every. We couldn't really tell everybody, but in the end. That's what happened. Well, and were you like a lot of us felt that this has got we'll have this in hand by July or August? You would think we thought it was going to, but it didn't. Let's hope it happens this year. It ends by June or July, right. you know, so we can get at it. Yeah. Now, what have you guys been able to do in light of the pandemic? Just because things aren't necessarily happening in Wisconsin, you have been able to, shall we say, exercise the treads elsewhere. Yes, uh, there's guys that went to Iowa and Missouri and Indiana and pulled. Uh, they had events. Uh, there was a few. There was events in Wisconsin too. Not uh, you know, not Badger State as much, and then WTPA or any of us. We all kind of struggled with them. Uh, but the people that did have the event and pushed through and had it, man, they knocked it out of the park. Now we've been talking about how county fairs don't necessarily have a lot of, in the coffer to survive another year of uh, interrupted service, shall we say. Give me the status update on your Badger State tractor pullers. I've, you know, I've heard anything from people, we're going to have it no matter what the state says, to, well, we have to wait and see, you know. So I, and I do know some fairs are struggling, you know. Even as our club, we, we have bills we have to pay, you know, for equipment every year. And we didn't do anything last year. So we've been, uh, you know, we kind of had to make a budget. And that's, you know, it's getting to the end for us, too. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the guys that have invested in all the equipment? And people have to realize, if you want to be an up-there tractor puller, there's an investment. What have you heard from them? i got to believe they're frustrated. Yeah, they are, you know, especially, you know, if you bought some new parts last year and didn't really get to use them all year. And then, uh, you know, these uh, machine shops are developing better parts every year, and uh, they've, they've got better stuff out there to sit by right now. And uh, some guys are buying them and some guys are not, you know. It's... Uh, it's it's tough, whatever. You know, they they understand what happened. Everybody understands it. But it's it's hard on your pocketbook everywhere. Do you worry at all about losing guys that would normally be showing up at these pulls just because they won't be able to come up with the cash to keep running? I don't think we've lost many guys. I, I really don't. Uh, 
uh, we've, you know, actually we have three or four new members in each class. I mean, we've got guys jumping, you know, building. They gave them an extra year to get it done, and and on. Some guys have said, yeah, it saved us money because we didn't pull last year. We can buy some more parts, you know. So it's worked both ways. No, they canceled the big national poll that normally is held in conjunction with the farm show down in Louisville. What does that do, if not for points, for morale? It, it's kind of, so everybody was, you know, kind of upset that it didn't happen. You know, we hung on there. They hung on they hung on, and just canceled the last week. They postponed it from uh, February to April 1st, and now they just canceled it all together. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, but they had a pull in, in last week in Shipshawana, Indiana. I mean, and it was a very huge success from what everything I heard from everybody. Right, right. Are you going to have to uh, readjust anything, or have you got plans if it is a staggered start to the poll season this year, Greg? I mean, I think normally most of us start thinking about Father's Day weekend. I always think Macville for a lot of the activities. Then, of course, we've got Toma, supposedly. Are you thinking about what to do if it still gets staggered out? If it does, we've kind of got a plan. If it cancels far enough in advance and somebody else wants to pick the weekend up and, and, and we're available, you know, if, as long as we have enough time to get all the insurance in place and uh, get make, make it work for everybody, we will do it. You know, last year we didn't do it. We just said no and people called us. This year, if we can make it work somewhere else, we will. Mm-hmm. Well, and we have to just think logistics. You guys can only pull and then travel to the next pull so quickly. Right, right. And, and you know, it isn't just, you know, we got to line up staff. You gotta, they've got to take time off. To, you know, it isn't, it isn't as easy as everybody thinks. We just load up and go. You've got all your, your workers and your insurance and uh, <laughs> an announcer. you got to make sure you have an announcer. You gotta, and you have to have an eliminator there. You know, they might not be available, you know, if you switch events or something. Uh-huh. You know, there's just a lot to put together to move an event. What do you have to say to the folks that are those diehard fans? I mean, I think about the families that this this activity is what they look forward to, the little scooters that love to see the smoke and hear the roar. What do you say to those folks that are really missing their tractor pull? Well, we've got everything scheduled. Every contract is out. We're actually working on a couple of newer events. Uh, we're going ahead like everything's happening and just count on us being there if it's, if it's allowed and if, if, they, if it happens. We, we're going ahead like everything's happening. Are you guys trying to post everything on your website? Yep, there is a tentative schedule on our website already at, at BadgerStateTractorPullers.com. And then, like we said, if anybody out there is listening, new community events, something like that, and they're looking for entertainment, I'm assuming you guys would entertain the notion. Yeah, yep. If somebody else is looking for something, if something doesn't happen, we will entertain uh, anything. See what happens. Greg Elsing, president of the Badger State Tractor Pullers. Now, he said that they've got kind of a tentative schedule up online, and obviously they'll be adding to it as hopefully events start coming back online. That's Badger State Tractor Pullers, bstponline.com. But boy, don't we all hope that we're going to get a chance to enjoy some of that family fun this summer. Well, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson's just around the corner. I was mentioning earlier that we've got a little bit of a zing going on in our soybeans right now. 
The December corn's up two and a half at four sixty. November beans, they're up fourteen now at eleven ninety three and three quarters. July wheat's up a penny at six forty four. Barrel cheese yesterday in Chicago was unchanged at a dollar and a half. The forty pound block cheese dropped two and a half cents to one sixty six and a half. While double A butter gained a penny and a quarter at one twenty eight a pound. March milk though right now is trading down eleven cents at sixteen forty three a hundredweight. April milk down nine at seventeen oh three a hundredweight. We'll find out more about that, I'm sure, with John in just a moment. Want to give a big shout out to our friends in the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association. They revealed the twenty twenty Corn Yield Contest winners. Congratulations to Alan Schrader from Ryo. Topped out the Columbia County crew with more than 255 bushel of the acre. Zachary Mickelson from DeForest was runner-up with more than 243 bushel. Nick Venable down in Janesville took the Rock County wing, winnings with uh, 279 plus bushel per acre. Uh, also, Jeff Leskowski from Plover over 300 bushel per acre. We had Jerry Kruziger from Juno 266 plus bushel per acre. Dan Duffy from Theresa, 248 bushel. And Richard Lucas from Hancock, 244 bushel. Just a few of the results from the Wisconsin Corn Growers Corn Yield Contest. Of course, we've got more up on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com. Catching up with John Heinberg next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I love supporting local, and who doesn't? Hey, Ebo here. You know who else loves supporting local? Well, the Bank of Sun Prairie does. They've been supporting the greater Madison area in south-central Wisconsin for over 100 years. That is a deep commitment to their customers and a deep commitment in their customers reaching their financial goals. Now, that is what sets the Bank of Sun Prairie apart from all the other institutions where, let's be honest, these other institutions... They don't even know your name when you walk in. Well, the Bank of Sun Prairie does. And also, the Bank of Sun Prairie, they don't want to brag too much, so I'm going to do that for them. Out of the whole nation, the Bank of Sun Prairie was reviewed and rated as the top 3% of all U.S. banks in America. That's right. It's right here in your backyard in the greater Madison area and here to serve you. So be with someone that wants to see you succeed. Check them out online at bankofsunprairie.com or on Facebook and LinkedIn at Bank of Sun Prairie. Smog, garbage, sewers, car exhaust. Today's world puts our sense of smell on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. When you visit your nose will instantly recognize the purity of nature. Bask in the aromatic scent of the black pine trees blowing in the wind. Detect the sweet fragrance of primroses, wild violets, and blue sage. Smell the fresh salt water in the air as waves crash into rocky shoals. When you smell these things, you're smelling the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at compure.com backslash patronage. 
Compure Financial, ACA, is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including their risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Got a little zip in the markets this morning. Let's talk about it. Joining us this morning live, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. So what's, uh, what's driving the trade this morning, John? You said big report from USDA coming up. Yeah, USDA supply demand or the WASD reports coming out here at 11 o'clock central time today and the market's highly anticipating uh, some adjustments being made on the demand side of the equation to tighten up the supply uh, lines overall. Uh, we're expecting to see corn carryover come from uh, about 1.5 billion bushels uh, down to 1.3, 1.4 window, maybe even lower. And we had that surge in Chinese demand here a couple weeks back and, and that wasn't probably figured into the chart. So we'll see if that gets put in there today. Plus, obviously, just the demand on beans is still strong and carry out at 140 coming down to the 120 window just going to then tighten up the pipeline even more so actually to the point where the pipeline is going to be a little bit on the empty side so the markets uh realistically we're, pl- we're still trading under where we were in the january highs uh, at least in the bean market so right now we're trying to maybe square that back up because you know logically you know we go to 1430 after the january report in, in march beans and now we're trading at 14 dollars this morning and the supply picture is going to get tighter so it doesn't quite you know come together that way Uh, not to break your momentum here but i'm my crop insurance numbers are flashing in my head when did they set that base for crop insurance they're in the process of doing that right now. Oh. You know, the month of February sets the first level, and you know we're looking at December corn in the 450 window. We've been steady to higher basically the entire month. So, boy, if we can keep that for a few more days, we start getting a 450 base built. That's going to be a heck of an opportunity for producers out there to really put together some good revenue programs in, in the corn market. And, and you know we're looking at beans as well. 1190 today. We got almost a 12 bucks on the overnight. You know that's going to be some great opportunities for producers out there to again get that revenue kind of protected whether through insurance or other risk management strategies. Yeah, well, we'll see if the USDA report delivers those numbers. Let's switch gears just a little bit, talk livestock, because last week we talked about African swine fever in China and the way that that's still a rumbling story. Hogs are still hot. Yeah, the hog market uh, continues to just really get going here. And yesterday, actually, just to show you the strength of the market from February 21 to the February 22 contract. So all the contracts on the board in that time window put new contract highs in yesterday. It's again, it's a combination of things going on here. First off, the demand from uh, on the export front has stayed very, very aggressive into 2021. That was something that thought would fade. We're hearing a lot of talk of disease issues in China that's causing that demand to stay on, on top of things here. And that's more than just the African swine fever. There's some PEDV going on, as well as other diseases that are really causing uh, some production concerns. You know, and then it's just a reflection, too, of the demand. Last year, we just got the numbers uh, from the United States Meat Export Federation and the USDA uh, yesterday, 56% higher pork exports from U.S. to China. So it comes to about 1.04 million metric tons of pork. You know, and on top of that, uh, our sales year over year to Japan, we're up 5%. So we're moving the product internationally as well as, you know, here on the domestic side. So that combination of things and throw in this lovely cold weather we're dealing with right now adds a little more fuel to the livestock fire. And we're seeing money move into that hog market very strongly the last week or so. You know, but my growers are saying, hey, what about me? When does it trickle down to me? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, then you know we're still kind of fighting through that in that front month contract, and maybe it's something that'll start brewing a little bit longer as we get past this February window. You know, we still have a fairly large supply that we're fighting through here at this phase, and and that's keeping a little bit of a lid on the cash market. You know, the market in general, February expires on the 12th or Friday this week, so we need to maybe get that out of the way, and then then you can start seeing some little more reaction. You know, because you're talking about an $8 premium out to April from February. You know, same thing in the cattle market too. We got some real good premiums on those deferred contracts versus this front month, just because of the supply that we're kind of still chewing on here that built up all the way back from last year. Hey, not to step away from hogs getting back to grain, but I can't get out of my mind this crop insurance situation. We're going to have to make that decision pretty quick. I looked at some of the numbers and we might want to brace ourselves for much more expensive crop insurance this year. Yeah, the premiums will be up. I mean, it just comes into you know play typically when you got better values that they got to protect uh, that they're gonna that the premiums will come at you and they will be higher. But you know, and again, you got to put it in the balance sheet and see how it kind of weighs out. But again, the opportunity to put a good floor in is going to be there as long as prices stay firm through the rest of February. And typically, we see pretty good strength in the grain markets. Uh, you know, through the month of February overall on the historical side. So I'm optimistic that those values will be there. But yeah producers are going to need to be prepared for a little bit of sticker shock in that regard. Yeah, I guess we got something new echo this year that we can work through too. That's another element that you better investigate. Yeah, there's a lot of different tools that are out there and just got to ask the questions and take the time. I know it gets to be almost overburdened some at times for people to go through the information that's there, but you know, just got to find the best plan and make sure you ask the, the right people the right questions. Yeah, I guess. So strategy-wise then, my boy, if we are going to catch this uh 24-hour, let's say, spur. What do you suggest we do? And again, John Heinberg along with us, uh, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. TotalFarmMarketing.com is our website if you want to reach out to John. So give me a couple quick uh, cliff notes on what I should hang on to going into the report. Well, basically, if you're still sitting on old crop supplies, you, you know, you kind of got to look at value and say, you know, hey, maybe I just start getting this thing secure for the 20 crop. Most of it's already been moved in most situations, but there's still producers that got some bushels out there. You know, you got the chance to sell $14 board beans. That's an opportunity to, you know, make sure you take advantage of that. And it will still be a volatile market, but I still like the upside potential that's in both of these grains. You know, same thing with corn. I had some producers selling corn yesterday, if, you know, in the 550 window, and you know, here we are pushing 570 today. Day, you know, so get out there, take a little bit of it's costly to do it, but I mean, keep a little bit of paper over top <laughs> just as an insurance valve in case we do go. I am still targeting higher prices, but at the same time, you can't be yeah. undisciplined and not make sure you're moving grain and rewarding yourself for holding into this rally to this level. Quick, give me your toll free number again, John. Phone number here is 800-334-9779. All right. I'll hang on and we'll watch for the ride today. Thank you, John. John Heinberg, Market Advisor. Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson right there out of West Bend, ready to help you out. Could be an exciting, shall I say, even fun day to watch the markets. World Ag Supply Demand Report out at 11 a.m. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.